Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good day, everyone. This is Tony Moskal with your high school sports podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for everyone. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? The Super Bowl is here, and you can get in on all the action at betonline.ag. Tampa Bay, the first team in Super Bowl history to play for the title on their home field. It's currently a three-and-a-half-point underdog. How can you make Tom Brady an underdog in the Super Bowl? Are you kidding me? Maybe it's because he's going up against Patrick Mahomes, who's just an absolute stud. Kansas City is looking for back-to-back titles. BetOnline has hundreds of props on the game, including MVP, margin of victory, even the length of the national anthem. Who's going to win the coin flip? What are they going to do? Defer, receive. Who's going to score the first points? Is it going to be a safety, a field goal, a touchdown? How many interceptions? All of those things are available at BetOnline.ag. Visit BetOnline today. BetOnline, your sport book experts. Joining me this week is someone who has a very unique story. He's never played a down of varsity football due to the pandemic. He came to St. John Bosco High School from New Zealand, where rugby was his main focus. But he's found his way to the United States and to the best high school football team in the country. And just the other day gave his verbal commitment to the University of California at Berkeley. Welcome to the podcast, Yellen Moore. And I said that correct, right? Yes, sir. Thank you Thanks. for having me. Oh, it's it's my pleasure. I saw your, your story on social media, and I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. Kid plays rugby his whole time, his whole life, lives in New Zealand, comes to California, finds his way to St. John Bosco. You've got yourself a couple of offers, and you verbally committed to Cal. But let's start. How did you find your way to the United States? Oh, well. The way I came to the United States is I was playing rugby and one of my friends asked me if I wanted to come play football with him. And I I first thought it was just like a joke. So I just went to go play with him for fun, recreationally. And um, turns out that I really enjoyed playing football and I wanted to see how far I could take it. And I went to a camp that rarely happens in New Zealand. And I was blessed to be approached by someone who wanted to bring me out to the U.S. so I could come to a camp and show my talents. I came out to the camp and I showed my, my athletic ability. Um, you know, I was very raw, still am very raw, but, you know, I have a good work ethic and I'm I'm very, you know, hot on myself. Um, and I came out here and I was just blessed to be us from many schools if I wanted to come to this school, take part in the academic and their football program. Then from then on, I went back home, considered it with my parents, and I decided I wanted to come to St. John Bosco because my goal was to come out here and receive a scholarship so I could further my academic and athletic career. So you're pretty familiar, even though you're living in New Zealand, you're pretty familiar with the whole athletic scholarship thing and how the high school college football thing works, correct? Yes, sir. And then we'll we'll talk about that as as we get on in this. So why did you end up picking St. John Bosco? Did had you ever heard of them? Did you know how good they were in football? Yes, sir. So I, I seen I've seen many videos of them on UTR, on you know, sports recruits, a lot of different YouTube channels and I just knew that such a prestigious school with such a, a large platform 
you know, they're very hard on them and they're very good at at football itself. So I wanted to come to a challenging school, not only academically, but especially for football. And I thought it was the best platform to set me up for the future. When you said that you went to a, a camp in New Zealand, was it a, a, a full contact camp or was it one of those like a scouting combine thing where you're just in T-shirts and shorts and they're running you through drills? It was more like a scouting combine type camp. Okay, so it was just a bunch of drills. You're not putting on equipment and bashing heads with anybody. No, sir, but I was still bashing heads. I just didn't have the equipment on. <laughs> <laughs> and that's got to come from your rugby background, correct? Yes, sir. So your first year, you come to St. John Bosco. You come the second semester of your sophomore year. But because you're an international student, you have to play at a lower level for a year before you can play varsity. So you played JV. How difficult was the adjustment to play football coming from rugby where the game is so much different, but there are some similarities? So for me, when I when I moved in my junior year in September 2019, it was it was pretty tough for the first little bit because I only I only had the opportunity to play three JV games. Um, you know, it was it was real tough, especially as a defensive lineman. You have to learn how to bend, learn how to use your length and technique. You need to be more explosive and twitchy than what rugby needs you to be so rugby i would say rugby if it was compared to any positions i would say rugby is like playing running back and linebacker in one position but playing defensive line is just such a big switch up because it's it's only for one it's only focused on defense but not only that you have to focus on your pad level your leverage reading a run reading a pass it's just uh, you know, there's a multitude of things that you need to learn before you're able to play. Um, but I felt like after the first three months, I felt like the transition began to become a lot more smooth for me to learn how to play. What helped you understand the game of football? Did, did you watch a lot of it on TV back in New Zealand and maybe understand the rules a little bit? to kind of give you a little bit of a heads up on what this whole thing was going to be about? Um, well, I tried to watch as much as I could. Unfortunately, there's not a lot broadcasted in New Zealand. Um, but the way I learned out here was through my coaches, especially the ones at, at Bosco. And, you know, I've been I've been taught by a lot of coaches, Coach Chris at Giant Skills, Coach Yonga at, at uh, Winner's Circle Athletics. But uh, not only them, you know, Coach Hendo, he, he works independently too. And the main person that I've been working with is Coach Mia from St. John Bosco, and he also runs Project. He helped me, and they've all helped me so much um, to learn how to play the game. And they've been the ones that have helped me to develop me into the player I am today. Where do you, would you say you have gained the most, where you have improved the most, both physically and as far as an understanding of the game? Um, well, physically, if we're talking in a weight room, weight room type of standpoint of it, I'd say that my twitch has become a lot better, my twitch off the line. Um, you know, physically, I think that my leverage is beginning to get a lot better. Um, but not only that, I think just my get-off itself is, is pretty significant for the size that I am. 
Um, th- I think the thing that I also have improved a, a lot on since I've come here is just the whole experience standpoint of it. Um, not being able to play against very talented people um, in New Zealand or well, unexperienced people um, compared to coming over here to people that play this for a living. So it's it's a lot different. And I think that the experience standpoint has helped me a lot. Did you get frustrated playing that year on JV at all? Where, you know, you thought you did something right, but it was wrong. And you you did something wrong, but it was right. Yeah, I'd, I'd say there's a few times that that happened. Um, but, you know, I just had to always take everything with a grain of salt. Um, because, you know, it's, it's a new game for me, so... I just have to make sure that I'm always listening and doing what they ask me to do because uh, they know what's right for me and I, I trust in them and I believe in them. So I just listen to what they did, no matter how I felt. I know that at the end of the day, looking back at it now, you know, I could have just been in my head too much or, you know, too aggressive on the field at the time that I was thinking of it or, you know, lack of aggressiveness. So now that I think of it, it's just it's just good that I listen to my coaches. The year you were on the JV team, the varsity had guys like Drake Metcalf and Max Gibbs. Did you learn anything from practicing with them or watching them? And what advice did they give you? Because obviously you're going to see Drake. He's at Stanford. You're going to go to Cal. And you're going to see Max because he's going to go to USC. But did you guys ever have conversations where they took you aside and helped you? Oh, well, yes, sir. So when I first came, Drake was probably the the person that I was always going against at practice. Um, you know, he's a gritty person as a as a player. I know he's a he's very aggressive the way he plays. So it was good to go against him because, you know, he wouldn't he wouldn't just be playing around, but he'd be tough at practice, and it would be it's good for me so I could learn and I could get the experience. You know, Max as well. Me and Max were cool too, uh, and we just be chilling out sometimes. But it's just. Um, you know, he's talked to me about how my power is a good thing to use and that I'm quick. I just, you know, it's, it's been a blessing to be given these compliments, but not only that, but them telling me what I can do better to beat them in certain situations. And when you look at the adjustment, what was the biggest thing that you really had to overcome from from rugby to football was it you know getting down in a stance was it learning the different you know and I don't know I don't know anything about rugby except that I'm not tough enough to play it but you know you've got different plays and different defenses and different coverages what was the most difficult thing from you from the standpoint of learning the game I just think for me I just overthought a lot of it at the beginning um you know I know that there's a lot of uh scheming to playing on a defense or playing on an offense in football just scheming in general is is very important so for me i just felt like i overthought it a lot and it really clicked in the third game when uh my coach he pulled me out and he started yelling at me and you know i was just like in my head you know what i'm gonna just go i'm i'm not gonna listen to this or i'm not gonna listen to that i'm gonna just go and surely enough when i just when i got angry and i just got in my head I just started making plays and I started doing everything that he wanted me to do. So I think the, the hardest part for me to learn was just the scheming and my assignments. And Coach Negro told me that, you know, the transition was 
kind of pretty easy for you because of your position. You watch the ball. When it moves, you go get the ball. Did, did you, when you simplified it a little bit, did that make it easier for you? Yes, sir. That was that was the, the easiest part for me. I just think other times I would just think too much about it. But now that I just think about once the, the ball moves, just go get it. Were the rules difficult for you to learn? Yeah, the, the rules were really difficult for me to learn. It's, it's still a little bit confusing to this day, but it's, it's nothing major. Um, at first, I didn't know much about where being offsides was because sometimes I had my hand in the dirt in line with the ball, but my head would be over the line. So it was just little things I didn't know. Um, but it's, it's nothing too bad. I've, I've overcome it now, so it's, it's good. What about tackling? Was that easy? Because I know there's tackling in rugby. Was it easy for you to learn tackling, or did you have to figure out, no, I can't grab him by the face mask. I can't grab him by the back of the shoulder pads. Um, I need to keep my head up. I need to do this. I need to do that. Was that difficult for you? No, tackling was always easy for me. Um, I'd say that the hardest part about tackling at first was just putting the pads on. You know, having pads on is a lot of limitations to – how I would tackle as a rugby player, but later on, you know, that was probably the quickest transition I've had um, in any type of football thing. Making tackles was the easiest part of it, so finishing the play isn't too hard. Because you're just a big, aggressive guy. I'm going to go find the guy with the bomb and wrap him up, and I'm going to throw him to the ground, right? Yes, sir. That's pretty easy. How difficult or easy was it for you to adjust to – to life in America, where you come from New Zealand, now you're coming to California, uh, the United States, different customs, different culture, different way of doing things. Was it easy or difficult for you? And are you still adjusting? Um, I'll say it was, at first it was, it was kind of awkward for me to move over here. Um, you know, a lot of flashy things over here. I just think for me, when I first came over here, I just wasn't used to how big the country was itself. California alone is, I think, maybe five times the size of my whole country. <laughs> wise. So, um, you know, it was, a, it was a big difference for me. Just, man, but um, now that I'm, now that it's this time, a year and a half later or a year and a quarter later, I think I've adjusted pretty well. Um, I have family over here, and I have good people guiding me. So I think it's it's not too hard of a cultural adjustment. Um, I get to live with a lot of my uh, my Samoan family and friends, so it's they they've helped me a lot. The food was it difficult to transition to food because I've never been in New Zealand. I don't know what the food is like, but was it easy or difficult for you to kind of get accustomed to American food? Um, for for me, when I first came over here, it was it was pretty normal, honestly. You know, food is food is pretty similar. There's just a few things that I missed out from from New Zealand that I that I miss. You know, meat pies is something I, I always love, and I can't really get that out here. Um, but there's just a few things. But the thing is, is that those food, the foods that I miss from back home in New Zealand, aren't necessarily healthy for me in regards to yeah. <laughs> anyway so I don't think it really matters too much um, but also out here I think the biggest adjustment for food was just I didn't know how fattening everything was and I just needed started I just needed to start getting on my own diet and 
planning a lot better for it. So who's helping you with your diet and your nutrition and, and, and food preparation? Um, well, it's just myself, my mother, and um, who I call my auntie. It's my host family, um, my auntie Tina. Okay. How often do you, do you keep in touch with your family back home? Every day. I, I at least text them every day. Um, you know, I probably FaceTime them once or maybe every second day. Um, but I always make sure to contact my mom, especially my mom, my brother, um, and my dad. I, I text them on a regular basis. Um, my, my grandparents too. I face them, FaceTime them probably once or twice a week. And, um, also one of my best friends back home, he, he's like a brother to me too. So I always FaceTime him once a week as well. Well, you better FaceTime your mother. She's going to fly out here and give you a, a knock it upside the head. You know that, right? Yeah, that's what she tells me every time. <laughs> How was it with Coach Negro? You come over, you know, you see you see this new football coach. He's a pretty laid back. Looks like he belongs on the beach with his visor type of guy. How did they welcome you into, you know, their, their program? And how much patience did they have with you getting you to learn everything about American football as possible in such a short amount of time? I would say they were pretty lenient. Um, you know, Coach Negro, he's a great guy. He's done a lot for me, and I have a great relationship with him. Um, you know, he's guided me through this recruiting process especially. But, um, you know, my positional coaches like Coach Me and Coach Diaz, they've, they've helped me out a lot. And I think they were pretty lenient considering um, now that I look back at it, I'm like, man, I was so stupid. I could have just, just, <laughs> just done that, and it was just so easy. But – um, you know, I, as I said, I was overthinking a lot of it. So um, they were pretty lenient considering how um, patient they were. The school part of everything, how difficult was that adjustment to not only go to school from going to school in New Zealand to coming to the United States to now going to a school that's all boys? Well, for me, the, the all boys perspective of it wasn't too bad because I was already going to a, an old boys high school in New Zealand. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't too bad, but, um, the school over here that I go to is definitely a lot smaller population wise. I think my old school was about 2,500 boys and Bosco's about 700. So it was a lot different. You know, there's not as much cultural diversity over here compared to my old school. So it was a little bit different. Um, but regarding the academic portion of it, um, it was it was kind of weird. I was because in New Zealand you start school in the end of January, beginning of February, and you finish in November, December, and over here you start school in August and you finish around May. So for me, it was just a little bit awkward coming into school over here because I was already halfway through my year but I was beginning a new year over here. Um, but not only that, it was just, I didn't know that everything was, was graded. You know, homework is graded. <laughs> you know, little quizzes are graded. Even if they're just the littlest quizzes, it's just everything is graded. And I just needed to make sure I got on top of that um, and just always stay on top of everything that I was doing academically. Because um, I know I was an intelligent kid. I just didn't know that that was uh, a part of, your GPA, and I didn't know that every class has a has a grade every 
you know, your, your, your grade changes every day. And I didn't even know that that was really a thing. Um, you know, compared back to New Zealand, you just have tests. You have internal tests and you have external tests. So external tests are at the end of the year and then you have internal tests, which are in the middle of the year. So um, it was a big difference coming over here, but I definitely got on top of it this semester and this year. Well, it's going to be like college. You're going to go into a college class. You're going to get a midterm and a final, and that's all your grade is. So yeah. you'll, kind of, you'll kind of be used to that, but kind of going back to it. Subject matter-wise, you know, how, how are your teachers with, with helping you? Because I know Bosco, it's an all-boys school, it's, and I, I went to a, a small Catholic all-boys school where there's a lot of help and a lot of resources. How much did your teachers help you with the academic support and adjusting to the difference in educational systems? Um, well, for me, when I first came here, the, the subjects weren't too much of a difference. I say the only difference was just um, Spanish. Spanish was different, but my teacher, Ms. Hunt, she helped me a lot. Um, and I say that the whole Bosco stuff helped me regarding everything that I needed to, to do to make sure I had the, the grade that I know I could get. Um, English was a little bit different, just some spelling, spelling of some words were different because of American versus the British language barrier. Um, compared to that, what else is there? Maths was, math was very different. You know, in, in New Zealand, when you take a math class, you don't take just specifically calculus or stats or algebra two, but it's, it's all put into one and you just continually build on a little bit every single year. So when I was in New Zealand, I had already taken a lot of calculus and I'd taken, I did all algebra one, two, three stats. I had it all done, but there was a lot of things that when I came over here, I was missing. So I went into pre-calculus and even though I'd already done calculus, I showed my teacher what I had done and he was like, you should be able to do this, but I don't know why you can't. And it was just um, a little bit of a barrier regarding the academic part of math. But you adjusted and you had, you had so much help down there. And, and it, it's weird you say that math is different, but you know, like numbers are numbers, but just the way that it's taught, that's interesting, the way that you said that it's taught. And, and it's great that you've adjusted to it. How familiar were you with the college recruiting process, um, you you went to a, a prep showcase. You took home the defensive line MVP award at the Southern California National Prep Showcase. What? How did you find out about that, and how did you get involved into going to that one particular showcase? So I had already been to a, a series of camps before that, and I just wanted to go to those camps so I could get my name out there, especially with COVID. Um, so I got invited by a writer named Randy Taylor and he invited me to the camp and I made sure to get out there and just ball out. And you took home the, the defensive line MVP award. What was it like and were you intimidated going out there and seeing all of these other guys that have been playing football for their whole life? Maybe they're big, they understand the game a little bit more. Maybe they understand the drills a little bit more. What was it like for you to be in, in that environment with those guys? Uh, I wasn't intimidating at all. I was already used to the type of environment. Um, you know, I just knew that I needed to trust myself, believe in God's work. 
and just make sure that I gave it my all and show show out at the camp. So that's what I did, and I just made sure to work hard and show them everything that I have because I didn't care about necessarily what everyone else had to do, whether they're big, whether they're tall. I don't really care about that. I just cared about my own personal performance on the day. And it worked out for you because you you took home the defensive line MVP. You're obviously committed to Cal. How familiar were you with the entire recruiting process of going from high school to college? Because I don't know if they have anything like that in New Zealand, but obviously it's a big thing here in the United States. How familiar were you with it, and what did you need to learn about it? Um, for me, when I came to, to school over here, I, I already knew that, uh, you know, you receive scholarships through football and academics. But I just didn't know how, you know, this is such a big thing over here. And I didn't know it was this big and all the social media about it, all, all of the fans and, you know, just a lot of support that gets put behind you. It's just amazing. It's such a such a great experience to be able to have and when I came to the recruiting the recruiting process was um, it was very unique you know I didn't have any film I just had a lot of of videos from doing drills and just I had verified numbers from camps that I went to and I just needed to combine that together and with my academics as well so that I could create my type of profile that I could send to colleges and that I could hopefully catch their attention. Um, last year, I was fortunate enough to be at a at a practice during the what what is it the winter. Um, this time last year, I was at a at a Bosco practice and the the Oklahoma coach and the and the Cal coach, the Cal running back coach, Coach At. They were both there, and, and I was just talking to them before practice because Coach Terry, he he told me to come over here, and he introduced me to them and told me about my whole background being a rugby player. So I went out there, and we did a drill, and I was doing the drill with some linebackers and, and the running backs. And they run down the sideline, and you have to catch up to them from a certain angle. And I was just sprinting in so fast that I, I came, and I, I hit the, the running back and flipped him into the stands on accident. Um, and, you know, I think that's where everything initially took off. And that's when I started to gain some interest from Cal. And from then on, then a lot of other colleges began to hit me up, especially from the camps that I went to and the, the videos that I would post. So what was it like for you to get that phone call from Cal that said, you know, Yele, we want you to come to school here to play football for us, and we're going to offer you a full scholarship. That had to be just like a, a not only a shock, but such a really cool experience. Man, it was such a blessing. You know, I, I still think about that day. And last <laughs> week when I received the phone call with my, um, my parents were on a Zoom with me and Coach Browning, um, Coach Bruno, you know, Mr. Haithcock, there was a there was a series of people that were on there and I just remember hearing the one of the first words that Coach Browning told me was that he would he would love to give me a full scholarship to the University of California Berkeley and they want me to become a bear. And you know, it was it was a great moment for me 
um, it was just so outstanding. And I, I felt so much love from them throughout the entire recruiting process. And man, it was, it was such a blessing. My mom, she was so emotional as well as my dad and, you know, as well as me too, because I put in a lot of work and I dedicated myself to becoming a lot, you know, to becoming the player I am today. And, um, you know, I, I'm just so very honored to be able to become a bear. Well, you also had an offer from Duke and then UCLA kind of jumped in the mix the other day. Did you consider either one of those schools or was it Cal from the beginning? Well, you know, Duke Duke was especially in my recruitment because they were the first person to offer. They were the first, first school to offer. So they were heavily considered in my recruitment. And uh, But once I started talking to Cal, uh, you know, it would, it would have been a great opportunity for me to get an offer from them. So I knew that as soon as I got an offer from Cal, I just had to jump on it because that's the place I wanted to go to. I had so much positional versatility. Um, you know, the school is great academically. All three schools are great, so I couldn't I couldn't have messed up anywhere academically. And um, you know, the schools the schools themselves just such a blessing to be communicated with and recognized as someone that they would like to have on their team as a student athlete. Um, UCLA jumped on last week, and I got contacted them on mo- by them on Monday, and um, you know it was it was such a blessing to be given the third offer the day after I received my Cal offer, and they were considered in in my recruiting process too. Such a great school, local, and you know Coach Nansen, he's a good coach there too. So it was just um, it was just that I, I believe that Cal was the right place for me since I began talking with him in December last year. And what have they told you about your positional prospects? Are you going to be playing as, as an end? Are you going to be playing inside? Are they going to redshirt you to maybe get you into the weight room a little bit more and get you some more football experience? So right now we haven't talked anything about any redshirt, but they have talked about my positional versatility. They want me to play as an outside linebacker, which is preferably as a rush end, um, as well as playing defensive end and a little bit of three tick in certain packages as well. Fantastic. And what is it that you want to study? For me right now, I think I want to study, I'm not too sure as of right now, but I want to study either biology or psychology. Fantastic. Well, Yele, I, I want to thank you for taking the time to do this. I, I love your story. Uh, I think it's a fantastic story. I can't wait to see you play on Saturday. And before I let you go, I want to just ask you five just off-the-wall questions that have to do with either football or America. You ready? So, Favorite American food? Oh, shucks. Ribs. All right. Favorite football team? Steelers. Favorite player? Oh, shucks. Um, Frank Clark. Okay. Favorite college team before choosing Cal? Uh, SC. And your favorite football movie? Favorite football movie? Um, Gridiron Game. 
Gridiron Gang. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I know the guy that um, the Rock portrayed. He and I went to high school together. His name is Sean Porter. Great guy. Man, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I thank you for taking the time to do this. I, I really appreciate it. I, I wish you nothing but continued success. I really enjoyed our conversation. And, you know, after this, maybe I'm going to go watch some rugby and, and learn about the rugby rules and, and what a great game it is. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me on your podcast. And it's just a, a great opportunity to be talking with you. And I hope you have a good day. All right. Thank you so much, young man. Uh, for the rest of you, thank you for listening. I want to thank Yele Moore from St. John Bosco High School on his way to the University of California at Berkeley. Uh, hopefully these young men get a season. We're coming down to the end. Uh, hopefully the numbers can continue to go down and, and we can get out and watch these fine athletes play. Thank you for listening. And until next time, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.